Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. I wonder who my competition is not going to be. I know it ain't going to be nobody up in here. They up in here. They up in here. Magnetic. F14. W. Organized campaign, I'm on my third route The album just dropped, I'm trying to get the word out Superhero theme music, Ron Sleek walking, snoring The less rails for what was recorded My first stop was Sway in the morning Was written by Heather B. Toto was a fan since the real world on MTV now I MC, five fingers of death, couldn't chin check me Not before I had to get balls right, rehearsing Was asked about my upbringing, how long I've been working And Sway's hair rap, look bigger hand person Was rhyming like it was a wake up show, homie tough I got raps for days, gotta say something for Tony Touch My phone is gone, sorry, I can't talk right now I'm busy, traveling, making my rounds I sat down next on the schedule was static selector, show already, yo Hey everybody, welcome back to Yo MTG Taps, I'm Big Head and Joe. I'm Stephen Marshall. As always, and we are ready to talk about spoilers some more. We didn't get to a lot of them last week. We, I don't know, actually that's not true. We got to a decent amount, but we've got the full spoiler now. So we want to talk about spoilers, because hell yeah, greatest time of the year's full spoiler time. Um, uh, but there was something interesting that happened this weekend on coverage. Uh, Steven, you want to talk about that? Sure, and I, I don't know how long it's been going on like this, but there was a GP in Oakland this weekend, and it was standard. And it was, you know, it was run by Wizards. And at the same time, there was, as usual, an SCG Open, but this one was modern, which you would expect to be a less played format. Traditionally, <laughs> but uh, when you actually looked at like the Twitch coverage, like in terms of the viewing numbers, the modern open was being viewed more by like more than a two to one ratio than the GP. It's so freaking crazy. Like, I mean, it, 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 what does that mean? Does that mean that people just, you know, enjoy SCG's coverage more or does that mean that people enjoy watching modern coverage more or does that mean that people do are really disliking standard or burned out on standard or just ready to, you know, have rotate or not rotation, but you know, the new set be introduced and see if anything breathes new life into the format. You know what I mean? Like just, just a couple different ways. Yeah. In terms of timing, I mean, we're probably as close as you could be to a period when the least, yeah, people are, yeah, like the least interested in standard or a standard format as they could be when it's like the eve of a new set and new cards. And that's all people want to talk about. And like, who really cares what these decks look like? It doesn't have any implication in terms of like, Oh, well, what am I going to play next week? Well, well next week's the, the pre-release. And then after that, these decks won't matter. Right. Right. Exactly. Which is why, like, you know, the other day you were talking about go, maybe going to F and M and playing standard. And I was kind of like, man, I don't even feel like it. Cause I'm going to, cause I mean, I got to, play standard next month but i'm gonna to to just change my deck in two weeks anyway what's the point of testing this you know yeah like, whereas like modern i mean you know, the, the next pro tour is coming up and it's going to be modern so the like people are inclined to be more interested in modern than they otherwise would be so it could be a little bit of that 
So what do you uh, what do you think about modern? Um, you know, with the Pro Tour coming up, we've got the um, the banned and restricted list announcement coming um, on the uh, what's it the eighteenth. So um, that's great because that announcement will happen, and then we record that night, so we'll be able to talk about it. Uh, what do you do? You have any predictions? Well, there's two boogeymen kind of haunting the modern format in terms of people's discussion of it right now. It's Amulet Bloom and the new Black X Eldrazi decks that are kind of going around, and they're only going to get more tools with the upcoming set because it seems like they really pushed. A lot of these Devoid cards and Eldrazi cards. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, Eldrazi just weren't really meant to be small. So, like, you know, cards like Eldrazi Temple and I of Ugin were only supposed to give you, like, a like a 5 or 10% discount on the casting cost of these Eldrazi cards. But instead, now when you have, like, 3 mana, 4 mana Eldrazi, it's like a 50% discount. <laughs> yeah. And then you get crazy things like Urborg where you can make I of Ugin actually tap for mana. So now, right? Holy yeah. Crap. So now you can you drop an eye of Ugin, and then Urborg, and now you can cost you know you can cast a four cost Eldrazi on turn two. That's and ridiculous. that's just a little crazy. Yeah. So, um, do you have any? But do I have do predictions? Um, yes. Yes. Gosh, I think it's going to be Summer Bloom. Okay. Just because, and here's the here's the punchline. Those are the two decks everyone's talking about. Everyone's like, okay, something needs to happen. And then in the SEG, neither of those decks made the top eight. In fact, it was boring old Jun that won it. Versus Gorio's Vengeance, I might add, which is interesting. But I just, even uh, even if that's the case, if, if they're just not too powerful, I don't think, for Amulet Bloom at least, that Wizards would want to risk it in terms of, like, from a coverage perspective. Like, I don't think they want to have a Pro Tour and then half people show up and watch that deck over and over again. That's just not a good yeah. product. So even if the deck wasn't too powerful, there'd be like a very large incentive for them to ban something from it, just because like like with eggs, like that was just, that's just a boring deck to have a pro tour. Right, right, exactly. So I think Summer Bloom it leads to the most broken starts. I'm not sure if that would really. I think the deck would still get played, unfortunately. So I'm not really sure what gets banned from that. I would think Summer Bloom or Amulet of Vigor. Maybe both, just to really shut it down. You know what I mean? Like, if they really want the deck to be gone, you know, you probably ban multiple cards. Especially if the the those cards aren't being played in any other mm-hmm. decks. You might as well just, you know, ban several cards from the deck to make sure it's really killed off. Yeah, I think if you... Summer Bloom leads to the most, like, obnoxious starts. Um, right, but I don't right. think the deck really operates without Amulet of Vigor. Right. And there's not really Amulet of Vigor's not really doing anything for anyone else. It's like it's not like apart from I mean those both could be banned and like not affect any other decks. So I yeah right, right exactly. It's either, it's either it could be one or both. I I don't know. I'll just go with Amulet. I think I think they ban both if they ban any because you might as well kill it dead. Like that's the way I look at it. And then um what do you now, like I don't think so Eldrazi I, I, st- I, I, I know people are clamoring for it and if there is a a ban. I think it'll be Eye of Ugin, just because it can lead to the most broken uh, mana states, because then it can tap for three <laughs> with the Urborg, essentially. Um, but I don't, I don't think the incentives will be very high. One, it's not a known quantity. Like, people haven't won any tournaments with it yet. And two, it's the most likely deck to 
feature the new cards from the new set. So from like a financial perspective, I could see them like being kind of okay with that. Go modern for like one go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that, you know, from a marketing standpoint, for sure. I mean, I didn't really see the deck. I didn't see if it was very oppressive or not. I mean, it seems like it could be pretty oppressive. Um, so uh, just uh, – It's a hypercharged mid-range about, deck. It's not necessarily a combo deck, so – Right, right. Talking about um, banning a deck because watching it on camera is super unexciting, like, do you think that – there's any possibility they would also do the same thing with the uh, can't even think of what the deck is. You know which deck I'm talking about. Storm? The one that basically mills you. Oh, Lord. Amulet of Insight. No, Amulet. What is, no, not Amulet. Uh, Lantern. 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 Lantern Control. Boy, that one's not fun like, to watch either. You know what I mean? Like, So if they're really trying to like, you know, eliminate decks, even if like Amulet Bloom isn't the like most like winningest deck. The thing is, I think the it's worse to watch. The, here's the thing is I actually have an opinion on it and I do think it's too good. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. Um, I've literally never been paired against it. So like, I can't see what the problem is because I've never been paired against it. So I haven't had a chance to play against it. Uh, Lantern control though. I have played against a lot and it is friggin' boring to even be in the match. It's just, I mean, and I, I'm not, I have, have an okay record against the deck, but it's just the worst. It is, but I don't so, know if it's like an incredibly. It is a good deck, though. It, it's decent. Like if they're really trying to do that, like they could really shake things up. There, there, there have been some really interesting theories on what they might do. My favorite of the theories is that they eliminate. 8th and ninth edition entirely. So just the new border. So yeah, so so starting with well 8th and ninth edition have the new border. But eliminating those two core sets. Yeah, they do, but they have it with um with That's the white what I meant. border. I I meant new Yeah, okay, but the, but it's but it's the new card design. You know what I mean? Okay, but yeah, but yeah, start so so only the black border core sets. Uh, so 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 the limit now that pre- presents some really interesting p- questions like um do cards that are reprinted in modern masters also retroactively get banned because like blood moon is the most stand is like obviously the card that stands out the most for me as a card that like people some people think should be banned um you know is only legal in modern because it was in what ninth edition, yeah. right? But then they doubled down and put it in the modern masters. Now the modern masters sets are interesting because the modern masters sets are supposed to be entire sets of reprints, and they are. There are no new cards printed for those sets. So even if the card is reprinted in modern masters, if it's or origin set is no longer legal, does that also make the Modern Masters reprint illegal? See, isn't that a weird question to have to ask? I mean, what I think <laughs> they should do is just say, they could just say anything in Modern Masters is legal, and then they get to just print whatever the hell they want in Modern that they want to put in Modern but don't want to put in Standard in the next Modern Masters. Yeah. And like, that would be like another way to sell Modern Masters, as if you needed like, mm-hmm. anything more than like Tarmogoyf to sell it. Right. 
Um, so that would take out the Urzatron lands, mm. right? That would take out um, uh, potentially Blood Moon. That would take out Summer Bloom without having to expressly ban it. Um, you know, there's some interesting things that come up if you take those two sets out of the equation. I'm not sure, you know, how quick they're going to be to, you know, essentially rotate sets out of what they set up as an eternal format. Um, but, you know, they admit that they are still kind of toying with this, the format, you know, so so they could tweak it that way. Um, I like that theory. I also like... You know, you know me. We've talked about this before. I'm a big fan of bands. Because you're a hater. Bands to make me dance. Um, so I think this is what I think they should ban for this coming up pro tour. I think that if they don't do the eighth and ninth edition outright ban, I think they should ban the Urza lands. I think they should ban Summer Bloom. I think they should ban Amulet. I think they should ban Gorio's Vengeance. Ooh. I think they should ban something in the Lantern Control deck. I think they should ban... Um, uh, what am I trying to say? I think they should ban the Eldrazi Temple and Eye of Ugin. Oh, both? That's ridiculous. Yep. No. Yep. 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 Um... And Lightning Bolt. No, I'm kidding. I'm kind of kidding about Lightning Bolt, but I wouldn't even... Fair's fair. You know, you really want to shake things up. I wouldn't complain. I wouldn't be mad if they did. Um, unban Jace. Actually, no. I think they should... <laughs> well, you know, I mean, like, unbannings, I don't know how they would work. I don't know. I'm not sure, you know. You ban a ton of cards like that, and then you have to see how the format shakes out. But what it does is it really presents the deck builders um, for the Pro Tour with some interesting challenges. And then we go, oh, what decks do we play now? That's why we have the Pro Tour. The Pro Tour, the Pro Players show us the new decks that are possible thanks to the new bands. I'm okay with that for standard. I, I, I don't even know. I'm of the opinion they shouldn't have modern Pro Tours. Just because, like, a deck like Amulet Bloom could just hang out, and it might be miles better than everything, but we don't have people with the skill of pros preparing for the Pro Tour that are just like, well, I'm just going to become, like, just super proficient at this deck because it's the best and just ruin it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because people right. can just sit around and no, do, I, like, it, it might even be, like, like, demonstrably better by a lot, and people just won't know. The fact that. <laughs> The the fact that uh, that this pro tour isn't like team limited, you know, with like the surge costs and all that, I'm really interested to know how uh, if DC is going to have any unique stipulations because we've just had it listed as team sealed or team limited, right? But we haven't heard what kind of team format it is. I'm assuming, it's and there sealed. are cards. There are cards that affect if your teammates, if you, it says you or a teammate has cast a spell this turn. So will they be able to do team trios where they actually sync up the turns? No, that is absolutely not <laughs> happening. They, 
Wouldn't that be amazing that would though? Be awesome, so that, like, but they could... specifically said this set was designed for two headed giant in mind. Like two headed yeah. giant. Okay, but they've said teammates. Why don't they do a two headed giant Grand Prix? Yeah. That'll that'll be disappointing because our team is already three members. You know what I mean? So that'll actually be a bummer if they do that. But like, you know, you really want to feature this whole new uh surge mechanic, you know? You make it team limited. They need to bring back limited Pro Tours. I, I'm, I'm, I don't care about modern Pro Tour. I, I, that and I think it me. ruins the format. Uh, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying, and I think that's probably true. I haven't thought about that, but I, you're probably right because, yeah, we're like it, it narrows. Yeah, the a lot of bands would not be necessary without modern Pro Tours. If you didn't have modern Pro Tours, the band list would be a lot smaller. Right. Right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And that's actually a really good point. And for those of you who keep calling for modern Pro Tours, maybe you want to back off that and, and, and let them just do standard. I just say literally bring back your limited Pro Tour. Like, I think you need one. I just don't – they're really trying to, you know, make – they're really trying to just kill every format, aren't they? Wizards is just trying to kill itself. Like, Wizards is just like, cheeseoid hate self. Cheeseoid hate self. It's a real, real deep British comedy reference for the two of you who went. Yeah, that even lost me. Um, And, like, so for instance, okay, so like, you know, they're not really featuring limited anymore, except for, you know, they got the draft portions of the Pro Tour. I like that. I like how it's set up right now. I, I like that. But I would love to see an all limit. I'd love to see. Uh, no, please don't do that. Wizards do no, not I do love that. It. Please, I love it. But anyway, like so, you know, sealed has started to become unimportant because mm, there's like very little incentive for stores to run sealed events. Um, you know, thank God we have Common Ground Games just really running sealed on the regular. Um, well, be less happy playing magic without that store. Um, and recently, this is just a thing that came up. Um, this, uh, in the last like 48 hours, uh, guy, uh, Ed, um, who runs, uh, games and stuff in, uh, Maryland, uh, posted to the, um, the mid Atlantic magic players, Facebook group, which I'm still a member of, even though I'm not, in the mid-Atlantic region anymore. And uh, uh, just basically saying, we're doing this uh, legacy non-sanctioned event and, and basically saying, like, reminding players that proxies of any kind are expressly forbidden in um, any event that's run in the store, sanctioned or unsanctioned, or even just casual play in the store. You cannot use proxies. And... And it was just like, whoa, I didn't know about that. You know what I mean? Like, I was just kind of like, really? Like, I never thought that was a thing because I've seen players play Commander with proxies all the time, you know, and didn't think it was even an issue. And so um, I, you know, basically posted that, a link to that um, post uh, in our DFW Magic Players group. Um and apparently, you know, it's been a thing for a while. Um, but yeah, so I think a lot, a couple, uh, a couple local stores had to kind of uh, 
rework some of their events to say that proxies are not allowed. And it's interesting because like I saw that happening live and then reposted it. But then what I know, like that, that post that, that Ed made actually wound up on Reddit and got so much, uh, you know, so many hits that, uh, trick Jarrett had to post to Reddit clarifying Wizard's statement and Wizard's stance on on proxies, and yes, their stance on proxies is no proxies of any kind played in any store, and that includes a land with like duress written on it in marker. And uh, I mean, th- I think this is like the the, the ham fisted. Just what we're used to, I guess. It's par for the course. It's not even like a surprise anymore to know that Wizards has a stance that's like just as detrimental to the growth of the game as this. Um, and while I get the stance, I understand the stance. You know, the reality is they're killing Legacy. They're killing Vintage because they won't print the cards. They're so worried about protecting, like, you know, 200 players' stupid in like stupid nest egg of magic cards with some, you know, misguided promise that they made a million years ago before anyone had any idea how big magic was going to get. And then all of a sudden, and then and then they had the opportunity to to do something about it, and they doubled down on that promise. Which was the dumbest day of my life. I was just like, really? This is the worst day. And so now, you know, we have two formats that are basically dead. Because pretty much the only legacy or vintage events that you could run in a store and actually get enough people to play were proxies allowed. You know, and that's unsanctioned, of course, but... That was the only way you could really get people to feel like, hey, I can do this. And they just, I mean, they just basically made a statement that said, we are killing these two formats because we promised some old farts that they can, that their cards aren't going to be worth less than a million dollars. So there you go. Bye bye. R.I.P. Legacy and Vintage. Yeah, I don't know why this is like people like I. I just put I just logged on to Twitter.com to see what the, the the beef was, and yeah, a lot of people are talking about which I was not. I was not aware of. Like I knew it was like. I thought people had to know that Watsy's like official stance is that like proxies are an, a no no, like because they're essentially indistinguishable from counterfeits, right, <laughs> which right. obviously they're not for. I mean, just ask like. I mean, just go to the Treasury Department and be like, okay, yeah, but like, just me and my friends like to have this money that I printed up that looks like yours, and like that's cool though, right? No, like they're not, <laughs> they're not going to be cool. Like they aren't. Uh, it was all just kind of like you do it, but you just <laughs> just don't tell them about it. I guess was like how I thought everyone assumed the situation was, but um, yeah, there's these there's two things that are in conflict. One, they want to protect their intellectual property, and they have like a very black and white <laughs> system with that. They they don't really. They're not like the NBA where it's like – like I guess like the NBA is like cool with people posting like vines of like you know from their games even though you know if you ever watch a game at the end it says you may not reproduce or retransmit images right. of this without the express written consent of the NBA. 
but they're like totally cool. Like, because obviously, you know, like if something happens in an NBA game, I go on Twitter and I'm like, I want to see like, I want to see a loop of that like 70 times. Like, I want to see Stephen Curry do that like just a hundred times right here while I just bask in it. And the, and, the, and the NBA realizes, yes, that increases enthusiasm for our product. And we should have like a benevolent, you know, to turn a blind eye towards that kind of stuff. Right. Whereas like there's other like the NFL used to not be like that where they would just be like like they would actually like get stuff taken down, which is just dumb. And that's kind of like where Watsi is right now. But the the problem is that they made this promise. You know, we can go back. I don't want to rehash the whole reserve list debate that everyone's had like a million times. But that's kind of the conflict they have where it's just like. We have these formats that people enjoy. That's a part of their enjoyment of the game that are completely unaffordable ever <laughs> for them to, to play because of policies that they enforce in terms of like restricting ever the reprinting of these products, which make, you know, <laughs> it makes it unaffordable and right. it could discourage and, and strict enforcement of this, you know, no proxy, no whatever, I mean, if it hurts enough people's enjoyment of the game, like it could actually eventually hurt them. And I, I think maybe they'll eventually see that. Maybe they won't. I don't know. But yeah, yeah I mean, that's always been like a third rail for them. Proxies. And just even to, I just would never even mention that to anyone from Watsy ever. Because <laughs> like, that's just like, that is strictly yeah. forbidden in terms of, as far as they're concerned. Like they've, they've fired people for even shrugging at the possibility of proxies ever to play test, even just to play test with. Like that, you just don't. That's just if you work for Watsy, you do not like. You just don't go there. It's a third rail. So yeah, but so, I don't work for Watsy, so uh, come at me. Uh, cool. Well, let's get into uh, into spoilers because we talked about a lot of other stuff. Who won the the GP? Reed Duke playing Four Color Rally. Four Color Rally was the most popular deck, followed by Abzan Agro, which you would think would have a good matchup versus Four Color Rally. Uh, so, uh, you have questions about limited. Yeah. Just some overarching themes and things that I want to keep in mind as I play the new limited format, just kind of holdovers from the fact that we're still going to have like a pack of battle for Zendikar in this draft format. Right. So yeah. So I just want to see how much of that's going to carry over to this new draft format. So uh, first one, I don't really think it's much of a question just by looking at the spoiler, but I was just going to see if blue white flyers is still a thing. Uh, I think it will yeah, be. I think yeah. Definitely. yeah. Um, so is devoid going to, it seems like devoid has been changed. Now it's more colorless matters more than this whole ingest slash processing thing. So I think all the processors get a little worse because there's just less stuff going on to exile things. Well, not to mention the fact that, um, yeah, well, there, but there's still a lot of ways to exile stuff, though. That's the thing you got to remember, is that even if um, you're not actually ingesting, mm-hmm. they've actually got plenty of different ways, like Void Shatter, just in, for instance, yeah. counter-target spell, if it's countered this way, exile it instead of putting it in the graveyard. Uh, I'm just trying to, like, find random well, things basically, like you don't have three packs to get a Benthic Infiltrator, is what I'm saying. What about Oblivion Strike, dude? Holy crap, this card. Oblivion Strike is a black and three. It's a common. It's a sorcery. It's devoid exile target creature. It's not bad. That's an amazing common. Are you kidding? That's unbelievable. So there you go. But see, that's a way to exile. Yeah. I mean, these are all removal spells. I was just 
like the the creatures were the best way to do it previously, like as an engine to reliably get the processors enabled. And now there's just a lot less of that. Like when I was build, yeah. w- when I would build in Battle for Zendikar, like a Devoid deck, like the Benthic Infiltrator is basically the engine. <laughs> like I would feel a lot less certain if I just had spells enabling that. Although you know, I'd still, if there's a sufficient like critical mass of it, I would still go for that strategy. But the Infiltrator and to a lesser extent the Mist Intruder really drove that where I could feel like I could reliably process stuff. Yeah, you got witness the end, witness the end, uh, black and three sorcery, common devoid target opponent exiles two cards from his or her hand and loses two. Yeah. Life. I don't think that's very good. Well, I don't know, man. I think it is. But Myers, Myers malice was, yeah, good. Myers malice I mean, could I, be good in the late game, but this, I mean, I, but you've, I mean, I've cast it for four, almost as many times as I've cast it. For sure. Six. I just think it's, I like the upside a lot more. Um, like not, I'm not, I'm not normally in the business of paying one extra for mind rot, which is just like not normally something that is a slam dunk main deck inclusion to begin with. And this is just but, like way less upside. Than, but, uh, but they lose two life. Yeah. They lose two life. They exile. So if you do have a processor, you're going to have, it's going to be hard. You just, because you have less packs, it's going to be a lot harder to have ingest things. Mm-hmm. You know, so having something like this that serves as ingest, I think ingest is like just not it's going to be way de-emphasized. It's now rhombus mana. Rhombus mana is what our waste mana or whatever people want to call it. The actual colorless matters mana is the theme now instead mm-hmm. of devoid slash ingest processing, although it's still devoid ingest slash processing is not really going to be as much of a thing as it was previously. How do you feel about uh, the uh, colorless mana, like in, in limited from from a limited? That's one of the questions I still have. Is I don't I don't know. I don't know how easy it's going to be to get because you actually have to draft the lands that make it or like the cards that produce Eldrazi Scions, which are now way more valuable, I think, than they were in Battle for Zendikar, which is cool. Scions, there's a good way to do it. Yeah, That's right. Uh, those guys are way yeah. more important now than in Battle for Zendikar because they make the co- the actual colorless mana. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I wasn't, I wasn't even. See, I'm still kind of looking at it mm-hmm. like a sixth color. You know, where I keep thinking like, oh, you need Seagate Wreckage to add colorless. You know what I mean? Whereas, yeah, you're right. The Scions just add colorless. It's just I'm not used to seeing now the new Scion tokens will have the new symbol. Yeah. So there's like. You know, yeah, 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 they will. There's, there's like th- three, I think, common lands that aren't wastes that produce colorless mana. So there's that holdout settlement, mm-hmm. unknown shores, and uh, crumbling vestige. Yeah, and then there's actually two different waste cards. Then they'll each appear as commons in the pack for you to draft. So total, that's uh, five commons. And the, and, the, and, yeah. and you have to draft them, and that's it in terms of like lands that'll produce this mana, right? And then there are also um, there are some other ways to do it. Like Hedron Crawler mm-hmm. is uh, is a two mana O one construct. It's a common, so you'll see a bit of them, and it's tapped to add colors to your mana pool. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So, like, so how much? Like, oh, and the Seer's Lantern. Did you see that? That's pretty sweet. Um. It's three to cast, it's common, it's an artifact. Tap to add colorless, or tap two, and tap it, scry That's one. actually not bad. I mean, that's kind of what they've given us with a little bit more upside with the scry. 
it seems like they're yeah. not like mana rocks cost three mana now. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, that is. And true. so, yeah, that's another thing to like keep an eye out for. Like, will the um, that was it the construct guy that taps for mana? Yeah, that you just talked about. Um, like, is he going to be a much worse Lifespring Druid? Because I don't. I remember Lifespring Druid not being very good right. by the end of uh, Battle for Zendikar draft. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, this guy. That's because green wasn't. Well, that is, yeah, exactly. That is true. Um, So, yeah, I don't know how important getting Rhombus Man is going to be. And I don't know how easy it's going to be. And that's going to really, like, figuring that out will then completely change the pick order for a lot of these cards and these strategies. Because if if the payoff is really good, then those cards go up. If it's really easy to get, then those cards can, like, go up even more. But if it's either not worth doing or too hard to do in terms of like actually getting the sources of colorless mana, then that completely changes the value of a substantial number of cards in that set. So like having that in the back of your head, like as you're drafting, like, you know, is this feasible and is it worth doing? And like, if you can get an early answer to that, you'll have like a huge leg up in terms of knowing what cards are good and knowing what order and how highly to draft them. So that's like, like the, that's what I'm just talking about in terms of like the questions I have in my head as I'm going into actually playing this limited format. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I had one in here like is processor still a thing? No, but that's what I mean by like is like in terms of devoid like figuring that out like is can you get the waste mana reliably and is it worth it? Uh, the other one I had is green. Is it actually playable? <laughs> it's like is it worth <laughs> doing? I I don't know. Like obviously it's something you're gonna have to play with. Initially I was not like super duper impressed with the cards. But that's just my first impression. I'm still I'm still gonna play it. <laughs> I'll be the one to find out because I like green. So I've I uh that last sealed that I just did um no not last week's last Sundays didn't go so well but the one I did two weeks ago where I just did the green red man I had fun with that. Yeah, I think sealed's different than draft though because like if you just open a sealed pool and your rares and like your bombs are like you know red green or green blue then that's just how you should build your deck. Whereas when you're picking the cards, then that changes like that changes what you do dramatically. Right, right. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about green here. Are you talking, are you talking about? In yeah, draft? I, I'm. I'm just looking at it and there's not like any commons that stay. Like first, they haven't fixed the removal problem. Like there's not a good removal spell. Period. In green, like there's not a really great fight card. There's the five mana uncommon. The Nissa's Judgment. It's four and a green for a sorcery. Yeah. Support two, and support means you can put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures. So it has to be um, just one counter each. So you have to have two creatures to get the full benefit of a support two. And then choose up to one target creature and opponent controls. Each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it deals damage equal to its power to that creature. Now, this is a good spell, and it pumps the power, and it's not actually fight. It's, you know, just they deal damage. But it costs five mana and is a sorcery. Right. Now, the thing that you can say, though, is that they maybe didn't add a lot of removal for green, but they added spatial contortion. They added warping whale. Um, and those are both, uh, you know, essentially removal spells for green because they require colorless mana. That's you know? true, but they gave that to every so, other color as well. <laughs> they did, they did, but they also gave it to green. So, like, you know, you've got options in a pinch, 
you know, you're more likely to be in a pinch if you're trying to play green for removal than you are if you're playing other colors. Now, there are a lot of removal spells in other colors. Like, there's a lot in black. Black's removal suite right now is insane. And white's is just super redundant. Like, it's just like two mana almost kills anything. It's just kind of ridiculous. Yeah, and, and um, the other <laughs> thing is that, like, Warping Whale and Spatial Contortion, like, that, those only kill small things. <laughs> like, Warping Whale only kills something with a power toughness one or less, and then Spatial Contortion has got to have a toughness of three or less to kill. Right. I love the fact that Warping Whale says power or toughness one or less. I didn't even read that the first, like, five times I read the card, I just read it and was like, wait a minute, power or toughness one or less? That's really yeah. neat. Like, it's actually more flexible than I even thought yeah, it Yeah, everyone's talking about you for, know? like, modern, where, like, just every creature gets killed by that. <laughs> like, nice. Snapcaster, uh, Spellskite, just everything. Just everything. Oh, Spellskite. That's nasty. Gone. Just kill it. It's good. I like it. Um, I really like Matter Reshaper a lot. That card, yeah, that card is crazy. Uh, I'll read it. I'll just read it. It's a two and a colorless creature Eldrazi. It's a rare. It's a three-two. When Matter Reshaper dies, reveal the top card of your library. You may put that card onto the battlefield if it's a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less. Otherwise, put that card into your hand. So it's either draw a card or put a permanent into play. You could essentially, if you had unlimited matter reshapers, <laughs> just keep chaining them. I like the fact that like it can put a land out, so it can like, accelerate you. Because it doesn't say like... Yeah, it always hits. <laughs> yeah. You either draw it or put it into play, which is kind of crazy. Now, I wonder um, if that uses one of your land plays. No, it doesn't. I don't think it would. On the battlefield. It does. That's crazy. It's just really, it's really good. So it can accelerate you, which is really neat. I like it. I like it. What's your favorite card of the um, strictly colorless cards? Like the ones that cost colorless to cast? Um, hmm. I like Reality Smasher just because I like things with haste. <laughs> That's uh, four and a colorless for a 5-5. Five, five. Creature Eldrazi with Trample and Haste, and whenever Reality Smasher becomes the target of a spell an opponent controls, counter that spell unless its controller discards a card. Pretty good. I like it. I don't think it'll really see play, <laughs> but I like it. I think Ryan's, like, all in on it. I mean, I like Thundermaw <laughs> Hellkite a lot, and that's a 5-mana 5-5 five five with Haste, but just a much better one. Right. So that's just me. I really like that one. Matter Shaper's cool. You can collect and company it out and do some stuff. I like Matter Reshaper a lot. I think um, Thought Not Seer and Kozilek are going to see the most play of any of those colorless cards, in standard at least. Wow, that's interesting about Thought Not Seer, because usually with that ability, usually with that ability, they get the card back. Yeah, it's basically like an, a Vendillion click, except the card draw is delayed until you kill this thing, which is crazy. Yeah, wow. And, yeah, and like, like, what's the... Tide Hollow mm-hmm. Sculler. Yeah, you get a you get the that card back. So the card that like was giving you trouble, they get it back. This time it just goes away and maybe they draw a land. Right, right. It's really good. Holy crap. Yeah. And if you have either two Eldrazi Temples or an Eye of Ugin plus Urborg, you can play it on turn two in modern. 
And it's a 4-4 four, for four, 4 on top of yeah. all of that. What do you think about Endbringer? Uh, that's a great EDH card. That is it? it. Huh. It does a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's I mean, it's so cheaty, though. Like, it cheats at everything. It does. It untaps during your opponent's mm-hmm. untap. You can ping. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, but it doesn't have, like, haste or anything. So you have to get your six-man yeah. play onto the battlefield and then untap with it and then start doing some cool stuff. Yeah, but it's like a sta- don't most... It's like a staff and then that's easier to remove. But don't most of your six-drop five-five creatures not have haste? Um... Not the ones that get played. They usually have, like, a, an immediate impact when they... Like, that's why... Um, like Lidvala might see play because when she comes in the battlefield, if she's gonna have an effect, you pay your six mana, you gain your five life, you get the three three, or you get multiple bodies. It's kind of like Wingmate Rock. You know, if you raid that out, you get multiple bodies. It's hard to kill. It has, I don't know, yeah. six mana that doesn't do anything until you untap is yeah. It's just it's just it's just not as good. A lot of people people just don't put six man into things that don't have an immediate impact. I guess you're That's right. That's why uh, thought not seers. I don't know better because once you, all you, once you've already done the hard work of getting into the battlefield, you get the effect. Um, and then yeah, the last question I had basically is: Is the surge deck like? Is it good? Is it worth doing? What are you talking about? Standard? Heck no! I'm talking. I'm talking about this is all limited. It's right up your alley, buddy. Okay. Okay, good. A good. Surge, I don't know in terms of standard, but... I, I don't think that, like, there's going to be a Surge deck. Like, I just think that, like, you might have a couple cards that, uh, you know, the Surge cost is worth running them. Well, yeah. I mean, there's some cards that just don't make sense unless you can get the Surge cost. Like, uh... Crush of Tentacles. Nah, okay. Yeah, I mean, you're going to really want to activate the the surge cost. That could see standard play. Now, that could see standard play. But I'm talking about stuff like like Dwar Isle Avenger, the four and a blue for a three, three flyer. But if you surge, it costs two and a blue. Right. I right. mean, that's going to be like just the power common from for two-headed giant. Yeah, no doubt. I actually don't like that card. Now that I'm thinking about it, I do not like this card for for just single player draft because a three three flyer for three is only sweet if you're casting it on turn three. It's like <laughs> if you're doing some marginal other thing on turn five and then also get like a three three flyer, it's not as effective. You're not breaking the rules by getting a three three flyer on turn five or six. Yeah, because at that point you can just cast it for five. Yeah. Like you don't even have to cast it for like you don't have to cast another spell and then cast it. You can just cast it for five. I can see Reckless Bushwhacker seeing standard play. We, we talked about that. That's the two and a red yes, for the two one. Yes. But if you surge it for one a red, all your creatures get haste and plus one plus zero. Yeah, I'm going to at least toy with the idea of playing it in uh, in Houston. Tarka red, yeah. I so. think if surge is like an, a deck or an archetype in limited, like it's going to hinge on like Pyromancer's Assault. That's uh, three and a red for an enchantment, and whenever you cast your second spell each turn, it deals two damage to our creature or player. So you just have all these cheap cards, and you just get to the point where you're casting two two spells a turn, but also drawing cards and getting you know undercosted things, and also just pinging people for two. No, I don't like it. I don't like any of these enchantments. 
I'm, I'm surprised that even uh, I can't even remember what, Molten Nursery got play. I was surprised that even saw play because I always hate the enchantment that's like we have this thing that we that the set does. Here's an enchantment that. Yeah, here's the super duper cool enchantment that's like an engine card, and it sounds really sweet on paper, but then we overcosted it, so it sucks. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what you just described. Is that card? Like, yeah, they do it every time, and I try it every time, and sometimes it works. And when it does, it's a lot of fun. So I think they're doing it right because if it was not only fun but profitable, aka like like a winning strategy routinely, then that would just be obnoxious. Molten Nursery, I think, is the only one that I've seen that's that's useful. Um, what's that one? The Goblin Slide. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, that was yeah, too that bad. one. Was, okay, yeah, they, they right. do this, and sometimes it gets there, and it mostly, but mostly it doesn't, uh, because they're just too afraid to cost it efficiently. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's and true. I, I'm gonna try um, this one. I like. I don't know. That's one of the things I want to find out. No, don't try it with me during the two at a giant, at least. <laughs> I'm kidding because that's the time to try it. So if we get them, when we know what you'll be playing, then, I mean, so. if you're playing two headed giant, do pack all the drawer Isle Avengers you can. I mean, because there it is, just a three three for three. Because your oh, your teammate can just cast a card. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's, that's a little different. Um, I want to talk because me and uh, Ryan were kicking around. Uh, some texts today about inverter of truth. Um, uh, I, I'll, I guess I'll read this one. Inverter of truth is a six, six devoid flying mythic rare for two black and two. That's a great rate. That's a desecrator demon or desecration, desecration demon, demon um, abyssal persecutor. And I think that's it. So, Obviously, you got to have a drawback with a card like this. The drawback is when Inverter of Truth enters the battlefield, exile all cards. Eg- exile all cards from your library face down, then shuffle all cards from your graveyard into your library. So there's a pretty hefty drawback. What do you think about this? I don't think it's good in standard. Or constru- like any kind of constructed, I think it's great and limited. Like I think it's even worse. <laughs> it's like the worst card you could play in modern right now, <laughs> because of your opponents playing this process, playing Oblivion yeah. Sower. <laughs> I you're like, look, I saved you the trouble. Have it all. <laughs> this is something that I don't see the. I, I, I don't know what to do with this card. Someone will figure it out, maybe. If it can be figured out, it won't be me. Like, like if there's a way to, like, fill your graveyard relatively quickly, I was kind of, like, excited about this at first because I actually just thought that it was swap your graveyard in your library. And I was like, oh, my God, are you kidding? This is amazing. I'm like, oh, that play this with Rally the yeah. Ancestors. Like, are you kidding? Oh my god! Like, but then it was like, oh, it exiles. Oh, it's significantly worse. Like, significantly worse. Yeah, the um, only way to make this safe is to play like if there's some card that like just empties your deck into your graveyard. But all those cards would be banned because that's already a good enough engine that you don't need Inverter of Truth. 
Like that's Hermit Druid levels of broken just to make this card reasonable. <laughs> so, right. I was, I was like, yeah, but is there some way to like fill up your graveyard fairly quickly? Yeah, it's Hermit Druid and it's the one of the most it's like brand and vintage. Like if you're if you're going oh. through hoops to fill like just to fill your graveyard, there's better payoffs than a 6/6 six, six flyer for like four. Yeah, yeah. I wish there was a way to like That's what I'm saying like get certain things in your graveyard like to know what you have in your library. That's interesting. You know what I mean? So like so like you just are able to like maybe discard. I don't know. It's just really weird. It's such a yeah, weird Yeah, but card. then if you know exactly what you're putting in your graveyard, then just run a reanimator spell instead of this guy. Right. <laughs> right. So like yeah, all I the things know. you have to do I, to make this guy reasonable would make other cards completely broken and game winning. So just do that. And the other, the other funny thing about this card is what happens when it dies for one, right? Like what happens when your opponent kills it? Then what you, what is your, what is your end game at that moment? Um, And then the other fun question is what happens when you draw a second (laughs) one? <laughs> yeah, this card is a broken combo card that'll end the game on the spot, except you'll just lose. Yeah. <laughs> it, this, is, this is a one card one combo, card combo for your, for yeah, your exactly. opponent. Your opponent put it in your deck. Yeah, I actually don't think it's good. I, I was excited for like a minute when I thought it swapped the graveyard and library. I was like, dude. I paid seven for that when I played Commander, and it was a sorcery. With you know what I mean? It was just like put your graveyard in your library, shuffle your grave, or you know, put your library in your graveyard, shuffle your graveyard in your library. I paid seven mana for that sorcery, and then you can just bring back an army of zombies. It was great. Uh, did we talk about Wall of Resurgence last week? Because this card is ridiculous. Did, I don't think we did. I think I tweeted about it. I know you were obsessed with it. Reread it. Sure, yeah. it's. Two and a white for an 06, which is worse than Fortified Ramp. What was that card in battle? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, it was much. 06 for yeah, two. Yeah, except when Wall of Resurgence enters the battlefield, you may put three plus one plus one counters on target land you control. If you do, that land becomes a zero zero elemental creature with haste that's still land. So you're getting a grand total of. 12 power toughness points total. Yeah, you're getting you're getting 3 power 9 toughness. Yeah, for 3 mana. For 3 mana. That's insane. That is a rate that they just don't give you ever. I don't even know how they give you that rate. It's and 3 of it's sense. potentially haste. Yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know how this is real. I love it. I kind of love it. It's insane. Like I kept thinking it, it I was real? just reading it wrong. Because I'm like, this right. isn't uncommon. That's ridiculous. And then right next to it here on this spoiler list, uh, you've got Cyclone Sire, which I really like. Uh, it's a uh, blue. It's a blue and four. It's a three, four elemental. It's an uncommon. has flying. When Cyclone Sire dies, you may put three plus one plus one counters in target land you control, etc. Um... So you've got six, seven worth of, you know, power, toughness, 13 points for five mana. Yeah, but you got to wait for it. 
Yeah, but still, like, you've got a 3-4 flyer until then. You've got the good half. Oh, and, it's in, and Wall of Resurgence is in white. So if you happen to just Luxek out and get a Needle Spires. Was Needle Spires? Wait, does that work that way? Tell me what Needle Spires it's the is. the red, white, man you. landed. And there's the battlefield tap. It can tap for red or white mana. And you can pay two red, white, and it becomes a 2-1 red and white elemental creature with double strike until end of turn. So, like, if you put your counters on this guy and then activate him, is he then yeah, yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's a five four yeah. yeah double strike? Yeah, that, that's right, how it works, yeah. Okay. That seems good. Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, needle spires, man. What a good land. Yeah, you can just pile all of your counters onto this land. That's ridiculous. I like it. Oh Yeah, I think Needle Spires yeah, Needle Spires is getting a little underrated. People seem disappointed with it. Yeah, really? some, I've I've seen some Ow. people that weren't like jazzed about it. I don't understand. Yeah, I really like it. I mean, yeah, you can pay like a... It's a little expensive to activate. I think that's probably why. It has why. to be. Because, yeah, it's true. It's I true. mean, just uh, Titan Strength this guy up. You're having a good time. Yeah. Oh, man. I agree. This guy with... Uh, oh! This guy with Jeskai Ascendancy. Yeah, Because really? you activate him, and then you tap him to Titan Strength himself. He'll untap... <laughs> so now so now he's like a six whatever a six five double striker and now he's untapped and you could you could do other stuff <laughs> you could just kill him on the spot with this thing oh my if you God. just put like another like enough because there's like there's there's cantrips in the set now because they're supposed to be surge enablers so you've got like just random stuff like uh expedite which is just a red instant target creature gains haste until on a turn draw a card which yeah, I really like that. Yeah, that was, that's a good one. There's the, they have the blue version. The unblockable one is insane. That, though. That's so great. Yeah, you put the uh, so you you activate him, you tighten strength him, he untaps, and then you just cast uh, sip, uh, slip through space, which is blue sorcery to void target creature can't be blocked this turn. Draw a card. So now he's guys he's like a seven six unblockable double strike hit mm-hmm. for fourteen. Yep. Oh man, you know what I just realized? Black gets an instant speed combat trick, which they have not had in battle. That's something you have to really be aware of. Yeah, that card is going to be just the bread and butter combat trick of black decks. It's Yeah. Oh, damn it. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been since like the Theros block. I was so I it was such a relief whenever you played because, like, literally every time, the only thing that was one black mana is Bone Splinters. It's a sorcery. Mm-hmm. So whenever, like, somebody's got a black mana up, you just go, I got him. <laughs> like, that's it. I, I got him. Do whatever I want. They can't yeah. do anything because I know they don't have it. And it pumps it. The, the power, which is just great. Yeah, it's yeah. unnatural endurance. That's what we're talking about. Black okay, instant yeah. devoid yeah. target creature gets plus two, plus zero until end of turn. Regenerate it. It's a good yeah. rate. Really good. Not as good of a rate, reality hemorrhage, but it's serviceable. It's just fine. One and a red, instant, devoid, two damage to our creature or player. So it's shock for one more mana for whatever reason. Is killing stuff with two toughness really relevant? Would it have been... Like, only versus, like, the Flyers too deck. Much trouble? Would it have been too much trouble to just make a devoid shock? Mmm... Like would that have just been? Would that have just really? Would that have really been too good? I mean, I would have played it in burn, modern sideboard, really? yeah. Because you got you got to kill that core firewalker. Oh 
man, you still could play this inside. Yeah, yeah kill that and etch champion. Wait, how about is etch champion a two two? Oh my god, it is. Yeah. So. Holy crap! That's this is such a good card. It's okay. <laughs> it's still just fine for what it costs. Yeah, that's why they couldn't be a shock. This is amazing. So does this mean we go back to Dragon's Claw? <laughs> I don't know. Do we next level this? Like, do we just do we just ditch? Because I had already kind of gone away from Core Firewalker uh, until I was talked out of it, but I still haven't played the deck since I was talked out of being out on Core. Yeah, Fire I never Walker. liked citing in Path to Exile in the Burn Mirror. Just, just for their quick. This is much better. This is insane because this also takes out Eidolon. Hey, it kills everything. It kills everything. It kills everything in the yeah, deck. Yeah, but you can't but side in versus like Rizzlebaron decks. So I don't know. I don't know. It might be a sideboard card. It's yeah. You know, it's, it's okay. It's it's an interesting card. Very interesting. Most interesting indeed. Uh, Searing Light is a one mana combat trick. Now, uh, white already had a one-mana combat trick, but we determined that holding up one white was a better combat trick than actually running the combat trick in your deck. Uh-oh. But, this one I think is actually playable. Uh, Searing Light is one white instant destroy target attacking or blocking creature with power two or less. Eh, sideboard card. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, some card, some decks just don't even have a target. Which ones? Mm, I mean, we'll see. I, aggro decks would have to get a lot better. And even then, the red-green landfall aggro decks didn't really trigger this. I guess allies do. But that's the thing. Like, You don't really need your removal spell for the, the two powered creatures. Just play three toughness creatures. I guess. Like, I guess this kills like a Benthic uh, Infiltrator, but that's not... I don't feel like amazing about that. There's an awesome three toughness creature, Eldrazi Aggressor. Yeah, we talked Great. about this one. Great. This one, yeah, Did I we? mean, I was... Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Oh, Aggressor! No, no, no. I was, I was thinking of Obligator. Oh, well, we talk about that. Eldrazi Aggressor is uh, red and two. It's a 2-3, it's a common, it's devoid, it has haste as long as you control another colorless creature. Simple and awesome. It's okay. <laughs> I like it. Immobilizer Eldrazi. That's what I thought you were talking about, that actually. Is. We didn't talk about no, that. No, we did not. We? Sure. We did. One in a red for a 2-1 creature Eldrazi drone. It has devoid, and you can pay two and a colorless. And each creature with toughness greater than its power can't block this turn. And so you could do that immediately, like on turn five, if you have the mana for it. Or if you're an insane person, you can activate it multiple times a turn. <laughs> because that's useful. <laughs> yeah, as many times as you want. It's beautiful, man. <laughs> so that uh, shuts down all the walls, I guess. And a lot of these Eldrazi cards, like, there's a lot of cards in the set, actually, that are unequal powered toughness yeah 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 i know it's insane this card is really good i mean because it shuts down all the Mm -hmm. walls which is just great um oh it's just yeah it's it's, this this set's so weird 
So there's so many weird power and toughness. Like, I'm just looking at the page that this is on, like, of the cards I'm looking at here. And there's a 1-3, a 2-3, a 3-5, a 5-7, a (laughs) (laughs) 1-3. Like, this is just, like, a 1-2, a 2-3. Like, and I think there's three creatures that have, you know, power greater than, than their toughness. So, this has sent a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. It's good. I like it a lot. This is an effect that you probably wish you had a lot when someone drops that 06. Yeah, that's definitely true. Yeah, so there it is, right there. Sorry. Sorry you had to have that wall on your deck. I think that's why they printed the wall that also gives you a (laughs) 3-3. Like, it's so useless now. We're so sorry. Here, have this land creature. The Mighty Leap art is beautiful. I like the colors. Very pretty. Color. Oh yeah, they gave it new art. Well, but I also like the reprint. I like I like a mighty leap reprint. It's nice. Yeah, I don't know. I prefer it to a mighty wind remake because that's entirely unnecessary. Isolation zone, just another four mana kill anything common. It's two white white. It's uh, two white white for an enchantment when. Oh, yes, Yeah, yes, when Isolation yes. Zone enters the battlefield, exile target creature or enchantment an opponent controls. I think it's very important. Until Isolation yeah. Zone leaves the battlefield. Yeah, so that can hit your... Um, isolation Zone. That's Well, yeah, it can hit Isolation Zone, but um, it can hit the... Oh, what are they called? The White Enchantment. Retreat to Emeria, mm. which I think is pretty relevant. Um because I was very bummed that um, they printed Natural State. Natural State is one green instant common. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. I was like, oh yeah. With converted mana cost three or less. And like, and Retreat to Emeria is like clearly the best of the retreats. And I'm like, so it hits everything but the one you really would, like, run enchantment removal to deal with. Yeah, this just Thanks. seems like... Thanks for nothing. A constructed plant. Obviously. I mean, there's not that many enchantments or artifacts in the set. This card disappointed me. And it doesn't hit... It doesn't hit... Uh, isolation nope. Zone, <laughs> yeah. by the way. This is the worst... It's not worst for limited... This is the worst. But they printed it at common, so you get a bunch of them. Don't play Natural State. Do not play it. I don't think green improved much with this set, unfortunately. Natural State is Yeah, you got some clunkers at common, like Natural State, uh, Vines of the Recluse. um, Just a bunch, actually. Uh, Pulse of Marasa, which is just a gain six. But you have to, like, bounce a creature or land card back to your hand. Mm -hmm. Um... I'm not a fan of Elemental Uprising, which is target land becomes a 4-4 elemental creature with haste until end of turn. It's a land. It must be blocked this turn to Fable. Um, like, Loam Larva is, like, really not that impressive. It's a 1-3 for one in a green, but it can put a... You can search your library and put a basic land card on top of your deck. Um, like, even their uncommons aren't, like, amazing. Like, Bonds of Mortality, that's just a surge enabler, but not in the surge colors. That's a one and a green for an enchantment, and when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card, and you just pay green, and creatures your opponents control lose hexproof and indestructible until end of turn, which is like 
keywords that don't really appear on many cards in this set. Um, yeah, I'm going to say it. Uh, green did not get better. <laughs> that's my – I mean, I'm going to try – I'm going to actually try to see if that's true or not. But I do like Scion Summoner. That's a good card. Two and a green for a 2-2 two, two that makes a Scion. And uh, Stalking Drone, which is one and a green for a 2-2. Two, two, and you can pay Colorless to give it plus one, plus two. But you can only activate that once. And that's about it. Netcaster Spider's back. That guy's pretty good, especially given what green has trouble with and what's very good in blue and white. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not digging green. Not digging green again. Too bad. It sucks. Ooh, I like Zada's Commando. Let me see that. What's it's that? It's just a one in red for a creature, goblin, archer, ally. It's a 2-1 first strike, so two-mana first striker with two powers seems pretty good. And it has Cohort, and that means you can tap it and tap an untapped ally you control. And Zada's Commando deals one damage to target opponent. Not It's not amazing. <laughs> I just like a uh, one in a red for a 2-1 first strike. That seems okay. Yeah, the first strike And really it's an good. ally. The ability I'm not crazy no, about. No, the, the ability But when it becomes... But what's nice though is like you know in this format you've got two ones that just get outclassed mm-hmm. and then they're just sitting there and you're like what do I do with it you know and at least with this you can go you know you can start pinging after you've gotten your early aggro yeah in. If, uh, the allies deck is uh, playable in this format this just seems to fit at any point in the game because you know early on a two one. First strike for two is just a great rate, and then later on, it triggers rally because it's an ally and has a an ability to stay relevant in terms of pinging damage. Right, right, right. So that is cool. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Anytime you say goblin and ally, my brain is actually going to standard right now. I'm like, well, d- no, it doesn't work there. <laughs> no. Damn it. No. Oh, yeah, you're damn trying to build the it, goblin damn. deck. I keep forgetting that. I'm thinking about it, man. Thinking about it. Did we talk about Bearer of Silence? No. It's a hot card, man. Really good. Uh, it's one in a black. It's a rare. It's an Eldrazi. It's a 2-1. Devoid. Can't block. When you cast Bearer of Silence, you may pay one in a colorless. If you do, target opponent sacrifices a creature. Oh, and it has flying. So it's a 2-1 flyer for two. Mm-hmm. Great. Can't block. When you cast it, you can pay an additional one and a colorless, and then your opponent sacrifices a creature. You know. Yeah, they're they're making a push to make uh, red black devoid aggro actually playable. Like in standard, in standard yeah, I, I tested it a little bit. It seems okay. Yeah, yeah, it's the deck that Ryan seems to be uh, convinced is going to be amazing. Um, I mean that. Uh... Oh, man, I can't even think of the name of that card now. It's uh, two and a red from Battle. And it's the X5 for uh, that's Devoid, and it's uh, power equals uh, the number of colorless creatures you control. Yeah. Vile. Vile Aggregate. Yeah, that. Vile yeah, I mean, it's really not that bad of a card. Um, it's got Trample and Ingest, which is kind of insane. Yeah. But, like, if you... If you play that with, um, oh gosh, I'm just, I can't remember the names of cards anymore. 
It's like the like I made a I actually bought a bunch of them. Do you realize how good I'm sorry, I'm just like totally like on another thing. Do you realize how good Fall of the Titans is in Two-Headed Giant? Oh yeah, that's insane. Yeah, it's stupid. That's ridiculous. So I have like 8 mana. Mm-hmm. Right? I go and you've cast a spell. I go, okay, I'm going to tap eight mana and deal seven damage to two opponents. <laughs> yeah. Because it's up to two target creatures and or players. So I can go seven damage to that player and seven damage to that player. And they're probably dead. Well, and you could deal they're- damage to creatures too, right? Right. Because it's of each up to two target creatures and players. And or players, yeah. Yeah, well, I would do the and. Oh, wait. Oh, my yeah. God. Wait, what? Yeah. What? So I can hit two you, creatures and hit You can that? pay eight mana and deal 28 damage. Oh, my God. Jesus. Shop around. You're not going to find a better rate than that. We got to pretty much, like, either run it or, like, run like counter magic to make sure we don't <laughs> die to it. <laughs> I think it's pretty much like that. The welcome to the format. Welcome to the two headed giant format for oath of the gate. Watch the format is who has fall of the Titans. <laughs> Seems good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Jesus. That's I'm glad you, corrected me on that because i would have been like yeah i got this 14 damage to y'all and they go oh, our creatures are still alive that was dumb yeah yeah no i would definitely select the and part yeah i think the and is is a solid yeah. choice man <laughs> solid uh we uh oh well sylvan advocates a card that's been getting a lot of uh traction on social mm-hmm. media um, it's a Sylvan Advocate is a one and a green. It's a two, three vigilance. It's a rare. It's an elf druid ally. As long as you control six or more lands, Sylvan Advocate and the land creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Pretty friggin' good. It's a good rate. Um, I was over the moon initially. Uh-huh. And now I just think it's okay. Yeah, really? like I, in terms of like standard play, I only see it really getting play in the red green Eldrazi decks as a replacement for Jotty Offshoot. Hmm. Here's my question: the red green Eldrazi decks were playing Jotty Offshoot. Four of. What? Yeah, just so they don't die because like they take a little while to get going. And they need something versus aggro decks, and like an O three for one just like shuts down all the token strategies, and then you're playing yeah. um, explosive. If only they had something that gave all their creatures menace. <laughs> no, uh, but though this also it does that, and it also like it blocks on turn one and two. Like let's say you turn one a um, monastery Swiss sphere. So yeah, you just block right. that. Um, it also you're playing cards like explosive vegetation, so you're just gaining life. Versus those aggro decks, so. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. But I think this is just better <laughs> in terms of, like, virtually gaining life. And then right. when you explosive vegetate, then it just becomes even bigger and becomes a threat on its own. So, like, that's the yeah. deck I see using this card. 
Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It makes sense. We haven't talked about the Planeswalkers. Have we not? Hmm. No. No, no. Uh, okay, here's my review. Nissa underrated, Chandra overrated. Why do you say that? All right, I'll read them really quick. Nissa voices Zendikar, one green, green. For a Planeswalker, Nissa comes in the battlefield with three loyalty. Uh, it has three abilities, plus one, put a zero, one green plant creature token onto the battlefield, minus two, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you control. And Before you read the ultimate, can I ask sure. you a question? Is this the first time we've seen a minus on a Nissa? Uh, I think so, unless the elf one did something that no one cares about. I think Nissa's almost always had plus, plus and plus. Yeah, I want to say that's true, because didn't the other one just search up elf cards? I Maybe, I don't even... Yeah, she's, yeah, uh, other than the ultimate. Other than the ultimates, obviously, right. It's the first one with, like, a, yeah. It's weird. It is. Uh, this is the best Nissa yet. Um... That's not really that hard. And, oh, yeah, yeah, minus seven, you gain X life and draw X cards, where X is the number of lands you control. Oh, no, we're wrong. Nissa Sage Animist. Oh, yeah, the creature one. Minus yeah, make two. Minus You're right. two. That's right. I'm look, I had to look it up. But. Uh, yeah, this is just a three-mana Planeswalker that can actually produce tokens, which I don't think we've had yet. Those typically are four mana. It can pump your team. I just, yeah, I think it's really good. Yeah, oh, I like it too. I'm surprised that you think it's underrated. I I can't. I mean, it's at thirty bucks right now, sold out on SCG. I mean, oh, it was not that last time I looked. Yeah, it's like sold out thirty bucks. Well, never mind then. What's Chandra at? The Chandra's fifteen. Um, and Nissa is Nissa. Okay, 30. well, that that that, that that's more reasonable then. Okay. Okay, yeah, because I've actually tested Chandra a little bit and was underwhelmed. Because yeah. six mana is a lot. It's so expensive, yeah, it's so expensive. I mean, she does have a sweeper, but gosh, by six mana, like, they usually are doing something. You're either close to dead, or they've, like, minus their Gideon to just put their wingmate rocks out of range. <laughs> and you're just like, uh, yeah. okay. For the record, Storm Chaser Mage, the uncommon flyer from this set, is pre-ordering uh, at three dollars. Is that the blue-red haste? Yeah. yeah, it's a good card. Yeah, it's a good card. Three-dollar uncommon, not even out yet. Yeah, that just means people want to play with it like week one, and I don't, I don't, you know, fault them for that. That's a, that's a good card. No, not at all. Not at all. Just interesting. Uh, do I even need to read Chandra? She's six mana. She does stuff. It's a good card, but like you know, that's a lot to pay. Expedite is pre-ordering at two dollars. It's a common. Uh, that's just silly. People don't do that. Just walk into the store. People will be opening like just you know all their boxes on Friday. And leaving the commons on the table. You can just like <laughs> you could just ask, does anyone have expedites? And you'll probably get a few. Yeah, well it looks like I'll be trading mine at the pre release. Without question or hesitation. I do like those cantrips, expedite and uh Oh, they're I, great. They're great. It's something that standard really hasn't had in a while. I really want to make Jeskai tokens work with that. Or just yeah. like a just an aggro deck. I mean 
maybe like maybe just like a red blue tempo deck with these cards, um, the new prowess guy, and like just treasure cruise to refill your hand. So you're just like cycling with these cards, getting them in your graveyard, mm. and you're doing stuff. So <laughs> you've done a lot of uh, homework on Eldrazi Displacer. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want to talk about any of that, or do you not? <laughs> Oh, I just really like Eldrazi Displacer. Um, it's the two and two and a white for a three three. We talked about this, right? Right, right. We did talk about it, but you, it's the one that that blinks stuff. Uh, he's got pages and pages of like things you could blink mm-hmm. with this card. Which okay, well, let's like ask you what's your top five. Top, okay, top favorite things to bl- that, that, the top five things you want to blink with Eldrazi Displacer. Oh boy! Uh, In no particular okay. order. Okay, uh, Reflector Mage, uh, Fleshbag Marauder. That's not even in standard. It is. is it? There's two it of is. them in standard. Merciless Executioner and Fleshbag Marauder are both in standard. They're, they see play in the four color rally deck. I really like Wingmate Rock because now you can just it can raid itself. Yeah. Uh, your opponent's Hangerback Walkers because they just go away. That's sick. And anything uh, Shaman at the back. So basically, that that's what I've been testing is is an Elves deck uh, that runs a couple of these guys. Oh, yeah, Shaman of the back. Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, that's so I'm busted. Also so Siege good. Rhino. I, I mean, I didn't want to mention it, but Siege Rhino. You can blink a Siege Rhino. Siege Rhino's good to blink. Did you know that that card was any? It's good? actually a really good card. Like if you cast a couple of them, it's really good. And then if you blink it, like so, it's good. It's good. But yeah. the Eldrazi Displacer, you can get him with uh, Collected Company, along with all his Elven friends, like Elvish Visionary. You blink him, draw a card. Yep. Nissa Vastwitzier, an Elf. Blink her, draw a Forest. That's not bad. But yeah, mostly you're just blinking their Hangerback Walker and Knight tokens that Gideon makes. It's pretty sweet. Did you say Abe Lincoln? I did. No, night tokens that Gideon makes. Because if you just blink a token, you nuke it. It gone. Yep. But yes, yeah, so yep. I did a I, I did a gather search for every card with enters the battlefield. That's a creature that's standard legal. So there's a lot of there's a lot. Oh, hanger harbinger of the tides. Maybe there's if there's a blue white tempo deck. Like Harbinger of the Tides is a good one. Reflector Mage. Oh man! Like you start getting Harbinger. That's insane. I like it. Oh man! Like oh, it. that's the best thing. If you have enough mana, because it you could just blink their thing and then blink your Harbinger of the Tides. Because when you blink their thing, they enter the battlefield tapped, and then you blink your har- Harbinger of the Tides and it bounces it because it can now their their cards tapped. That's stupid. You got any other cards you want to talk about? Um, you can blink a fairy miscreant. <laughs> I meant, I meant non Eldrazi displacement. Abbott, cards. a Carol Keep, Pia, and Kieran Lalar. <laughs> Those are all good things to blink. It's true. Um, but I have to Goblin say, Goblin Dark uh, Dwellers. That my favorite that I saw, and I think it was uh, PV had posted um, on, like, the channel Fireball Facebook is that you can use this card when you have, like, 
a Zulaport cut mm-hmm. thrown out and just blink brood monitor. Yeah, that is a that is a combo, three card combo. Yeah, just kill them. I almost like did like a just a dance when I thought of uh, Woodland Bellower, but I, I, I realized that he could only fetch up green creatures. Because I thought you could like oh, you yeah. could fetch you could use him to tutor up the displacer. Oh, yeah. God. What? <laughs> then I was like, oh my god. Yeah, but no. That would be so. Good. Yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> yup. Priest of the Blood Right. What's that? It's the two-two that makes a five-five flyer when it enters the battlefield. Oh, you're just still talking about things mm-hmm. to blink. <laughs> oh God. Do you have anything else? Any other cards that you would like to speak of from Oath of the Gate? Okay. Um, I mean, we should probably mention we mentioned Coslex Return, right? Yeah, that's obnoxious. We did. We did. Very good card. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's kind of weird is there's like a lot of equipment matters cards in this set, but not like a ton of equipment. Yeah, I looked at that. The only two equipments uh, that I think are even worth considering any of the equipment matters sub theme uh, are the two rare ones. Yeah, I mean, the other ones are kind of like okay, whatever. Like bone saw. Yeah, I mean like. Are you really going to tap two creatures to search up a bone saw? No, sir. Like search the top four of your library. Wasn't you know? planning on it. I mean, the outfitter's good. The outfitter, you just have any equipment. You just run it with the outfitter, and you're able to just like cycle through your creatures. Yeah. That's not bad. I don't have no problem with what that. What about uh, Captain's like, Claws? Is that like a first pick? I think it could be. Yeah, sure. What what is this dip whenever it attacks? Yeah, so it costs two to cast, one to equip, and the equipped creature gets plus one plus zero. But when it whenever that equipped creature attacks, you put a one one white core ally creature token onto the battlefield, tapped and attacking. Yeah. Oh, sure. I think I think you could pick one that pretty easily over most of the commons and uncommons. Um, unless you've got some like really good removal spell or something, but. You got to remember though that like for that to actually be good or to be great, you would really need to have some sort of allies matter theme, which it kind of puts you really like in that because a one one that's tap if it just made a one one token that hung around that would be amazing. Yeah, but it comes but it's attacking, so you pretty much have to like be triggering stuff off of that card. You know, yeah, because or else it could, it's just kind of like gonna die. Yeah, every the time. weird thing is that like it conflicts with the primary ally mechanic from the set cohort, where where it wants you to be able to tap the an ally. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> because it just brings it in. It's like no, no, no. You're not doing that. Weird ruin. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's all yeah. The one one other card, ruins of Orin Reef. I don't know. I don't know if this card. Oh, it's good. It's really good. Yeah, I just want to put it in the black-red devoid aggro deck, but then it's really hard to put that in an aggro deck because then it makes all your creatures, like, effectively, if you want to get the bonus cost, like, X plus one. Yeah, but the bonus is It's nice. a really good bonus. Yeah. It's, it's really good flood good. insurance. Uh, Nothing wrong with it. Uh, No. I've got my top commons and uncommons in each color. Could... Do you? Oh, I, I, I totally do. I'll I do sh- now. I sure don't. 
I'd love to hear yours because I haven't really. I, I'll be honest; like I have not spent a great deal of time like evaluating this set in terms of like you know those sort of things. So I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain from, and almost for time purposes, I'm gonna abstain from creating a list or trying to even list some. But I'd love to sure. hear yours. And this is for limited or this oh limited limited. Okay, great. great. Uh, white common isolation zone. So it's just unconditional removal. That's pretty good. Uh, uncommon wall of resurgence. That's we discussed that. It's insane. Uh, blue mm-hmm. common containment membrane. I don't know if that's going to be great, but it's the two and a blue for an enchantment, and enchanted creature doesn't untap, and you can surge yes. it for blue. I don't know if that's the best. It really depends. It depends on how easy it is to get colorless. Because if it's really easy, then Blinding Drone would be the best common. That's one, a blue for one, three to void, and you could just pay a colorless and tap it to tap target creature, which is a way better rate on a tapper than we've gotten in a very long time. But it just depends on how easy it is to get that mana. And then conversely, I guess, um, ah, that's bad. Okay, anyway, going to, oh, Uncommon, I put Cyclone Sire. I don't know. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Black, common, oblivion strike, just exile something. Uh, uncommon, grasp of darkness. Yeah, four four is the magic number toughness wise in this set, or at least was in the last yeah, set. Yeah, so that seems so pretty good at yeah, instant agreed. speed. And then like the uh, four and a black guy was like a close second. The Malakir Soothsayer, which is a four four vampire shaman ally and cohort, you can tap. In untapped ally, you control and tap Malakir Soothsayer as well, and you draw a card and lose a life. Seems like a pretty yeah. good engine. Like That seems like something in the game. Sure, sure does. Uh, red, common, I have reality, hemorrhage. I don't know. That could be just bad. <laughs> it really just depends on like what the decks look like. Because uh, mm-hmm. I remember there was a core set where Shock was like not a good card, which seemed crazy, but it was the, fa- it was the case. Um, favorite uncommon in red would be Embodiment of Fury. Which is the four three trample makes lands that get trampled. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, last week. or if I really wanted to go out, come out of left field, pyromancer's assault. Uh, <laughs> green common scion summoner uh, two and a green make a two two make a scion. Not very exciting. Uncommon okay. uh, seed guardian, which seems that's an actual really cool card for green. That one's uh, two green green for three four with reach, which is already good stats. And then when Seed Guardian dies, you put X. You can put an XX green elemental creature token onto the battlefield, where X is the number of creature cards in your graveyard. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, so it's at least a one one, right? Because it counts this guy. Right, that's nuts though, because it has the potential to like upgrade mm-hmm. you. You know what I mean? It upgrades you like Beyonce. Exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking of the guy or whatever the computer that said upgrade. Uh, of your head, I've thought of that too. <laughs> We've had over three hundred thousand matches for upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> Up G R A Y E D D. I'm so bummed I got a tattoo because now I can't get why come you no have tattoo in like English like old English letters. Across my collarbone as my only tattoo. Oh, we were supposed to argue about Call of the Gatewatch, but it turns out that I was just right and you were wrong. So we could skip yeah, that. Yeah, you're pretty yeah. much right. You're pretty much right. I like the card, but 
I know I'm wrong. That's the thing. Like that's I texted. That's why I texted Ryan the other day. I was like, I like Call of the Gatewatch. I know I'm incorrect, but I like it. Like that's that's you know I know I know it's not good, but I like the card. I like the idea of searching up a planeswalker. That's all. Goes right to your hand. I like it. That's all I gotta say. But okay. I like red and I like uh, I like black. I don't like green. Yeah, I'm like totally out on green. Like obviously, you know, when you play sealed, you look at what you got and you play with the best the best deck. Sometimes that's green. Nothing wrong with that. Um Yeah, black just seems really good. I gotta say that um for my favorite uncommon I know I like that wall, but in white my favorite uncommon is emulating glare without hmm. question. It's really good. Why did white get a better support card than green? That doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I and, oh man, and, did you did you say slip through space? Yeah. As your favorite card? No. Maybe that is. I don't uh it doesn't really uh, you need a creature. It needs to be powerful, and you need to be attacking. Listen, if the surge deck is good, then this is an, an amazing enabler. I think the slip through space is really good. I, I think that the the red one's really good too. Mm. In limited, I like the blue one more. I agreed, agreed. But they both do replace themselves. I think they're both just fine. Slaughter drone's really good. Don't know what that one does. Slaughter Drone is one in a black. It's a 2-2 two, two Devoid and pay a colorless. Slaughter Drone gains Death Touch to It's okay. I, I, in terms of like the, the colorless cards for black, I, I like the, uh, the one where you can just pay one in a colorless and target opponent loses a life and you gain a life. That Essence Depleter. Essence Depleter. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it. two in a black, two, three. You can do that as many times as you get. I don't, I don't think you're going to be able to activate that many times. No, not too many times. I worry that like I you know, I hate building three color decks. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm worried that I'm that I'm like gonna be trying to fill my deck with colorless sources and I'm gonna be like, Well now how am I supposed to I mean but you're right about the scions, mm-hmm. you know? The scions kind of solve that problem a little bit where they kind of just are part of was was evolving wilds in battle for zendikar yes. okay that's pretty cool if fetch up yeah. your waste is it basic yeah. land sacrifice evolving mm-hmm. wild search your library for a basic land card and put it on the outfield tap no i meant is waste a it basic is land wow basic land yeah no doubt very good i like it wow i really like it evolving wilds just got very <laughs> it was already pretty good <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. But now it's like Pretty really sweet. good. Yeah, stupid yep. good. Right on. Well, great. Um, I think I think um, I think we're yep. done. I I agree. I worked twelve hours today, <laughs> and I came home and we started recording. So great. Uh, I'm ready for bed. Uh, it it uh, this Sunday is the pre-release. Ooh. If you're not going to a pre-release, Ooh. sorry, I'm. That, that's that's fine. I'm hyped too, man. If you're not going to a pre-release, what the hell's wrong with you? Get out of your house. Go to a damn pre-release. Bring all um, of your proxies. Bring all your proxies. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't actually do that. Tell don't them Big that. Head Joe sent you. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but uh, for real though, like uh, you know, play Two Headed Giant. If you haven't played Two Headed Giant before, you know they're really supporting it with this set. Give it a try. It's a lot of it's fun. It's one of the few ways to have fun, even if you're just like just getting your face bashed in. Yeah, it can be. I've had I've had two headed giant experiences that were less than fun, but um, I feel like I've I've had more fun with two headed giant recently than I have in the past. Like I always would play it, but I think a lot of times I was kind of like secretly hating myself for playing <laughs> it because it is like very much a different animal where you're like really having to focus on a lot of stuff going on at once. But it's fun. It's a really fun challenge. Uh, get involved in a Twitter Giant event this weekend. It's going to be great. Uh, Steven and I are teaming up as usual. Um, and hopefully we will crush some faces. Uh, and then I think I'm, I'm not playing at all Saturday, but I'm playing in both events that uh, Common Ground's running Sunday. So um, should be a really good time. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to my first uh, taste of this uh, set. Uh, in solo sealed as well, uh, because I've got a couple competitive sealed events coming right up, right after release. Uh, I think like three weeks in a row, actually, of competitive sealed events. Uh, hopefully, we'll see. But um, yeah, so get those reps in now, and hopefully it'll go well. But yeah, exciting. Tired, so I'm rambling. So should probably wrap yes. it up. Uh, so that's all we have for this week. Until next time, we are Yo MTG Tap. Stop bitching. Start sending marital aids to Oregon militias. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on the press run. Yo, the rhyme face more eyes once I ride through the doors. Yo, MTG Taps is available every Friday on legitmtg.com, iwantmymtg.com, mtgcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Brainlink, Telegraph, and via Passenger Pigeon at pigeoncast.com. Questions, comments, or free sticker requests that I will hopefully one day get around to can be sent to yomtgtabs at gmail.com. The intro music is the song Press Run by the amazing Baltimore MC You'll Never Know and is produced by W. Additional background music produced by Logic Marsalis. Purchase all of their music at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. That's magnetic with a K. Seriously, purchase all of their music. Find us on Twitter and Facebook to guarantee infinite happiness forever. Finally, make sure to check out my weekly limited stream, Head Games with Big Head Joe, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash legitmtg. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.